Welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Hamilton. Or Ian, as some people might call me, or Yoan, or Eowyn, or... I don't know. There's a lot of different versions of my name. As regular listeners to this show will know, there's a running joke with my name. People butcher it all the time. I get it. It wasn't something that I really grew up with all that much. Not really having a huge amount of contact with the outside world or outside of Ireland. Uh, but in recent years, I've come to realise that my name is a, is one of those weird Irish names. An E and an O together, what does that do? What does that make your name sound like? Am I a Lord of the Rings character? I hope so. Um, this week on the show, I've got a really interesting conversation that I had with two lovely gentlemen, uh, Chris and Duncan. This year, Duncan and Chris released their co-authored book, 40 Years and 16 Days, which is a story of how the two gentlemen met back in the 1970s uh, in college and took up walking, took up hiking. And uh, they completed the Pennine Way. It was one of their first long-distance hiking adventures. Uh, they also completed a couple of other trails, but the Pennine Way seemed to have a bit of an impact on them, so much so that they they decided to write a book about it but it's not just about how they walked it back in 1970 but it's how they went through life and then retook up walking about 20 years after the uh, the initial walk and then 40 years after the initial walk they had the idea of walking the Pennine Way again um, to I suppose reconnect with the trail and reconnect with each other and maybe look at what the world was like back then and and how it's transitioned to how it is now. Having finally personally stepped foot on the Pennine Way, I can see how special this walk is, albeit I only walked maybe a grand total of three miles of the the trail, but even that gives you a really good idea of how uh, important this trail is to the UK walking scene. While I didn't get a chance to actually read the book itself, I got a couple of excerpts from it, but we still managed to have a really good conversation about walking, about hiking, about life, about family, about travel, uh, about midges. Um, uh, it was it, the, the, the two guys were a real joy and a real pleasure to have on the show, and I can't wait for you guys to hear their interview. But before we get to that, here's a little message from our sponsors. If you are a first-time listener to the Hiker Podcast, you might not be aware that we are also sponsored by ourselves, Hiker. What is Hiker, you might ask? Well, Hiker is your complete digital hiking tool. You can choose from our our library of over 16,000 verified hiking trails from around the world and take advantage of the rich contextual POI or points of interest data that we have available for you to plan your journey. You can also calculate your measurements for sections of trails you wish to hike and zoom in on the elevation and distances for these sections. You can also plot your own route and track your hikes, all while using the best digital maps available. And right now we have Harvey Maps, East-West Maps, Ordnance Survey, USGS, IGN France, and so many more. We just added the Get Lost maps in Australia and we've also added the NZ New Zealand topo maps and the satellite layer recently enough as well and we continue to add more layers as we grow. Hiker is free to download of course so head over to the App Store or Play Store now to start your adventure. So now enjoy my interview with Chris Priest and Duncan Say. Well Chris and Duncan thank you so much for for coming on and and, and, and chatting about uh, hiking as we tend to do on this show. Um, so, Chris, do you want to, to maybe introduce yourself and then Duncan, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves, your background, and yeah, sure. what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm Chris. I'm uh, recently retired, I guess I'd say. Um, I've known Duncan uh, for 40 years. We met at college a long way back and uh, walked at the time, but then for many years didn't. And then in the early part of this century, we uh, got back together and started walking again. Uh, and now, like, well, we do it quite a lot, shall we say. Yeah, I'm Duncan, and I've um, I've walked with Chris for a very long time. But you know, we met at college. 
probably in 76 was when we really met. We'd been there at college for two years, but it wasn't until we shared a house together that we really became uh, friends. In fact, we barely knew each other before then. We were on different strands of the course. Um, and then slowly but surely, we, we took up walking. Uh, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. I think most people don't know what they're doing when they begin this. And also when you get out there, you start to feel a bit of an imposter. But um, we took it up. We decided for our first walk to do the Pennine Way, which was a crazy idea. And we carry, we have carried on ever since, and we're still walking today. So uh, there you go. The Pennine Way is, is no joke either. And I've only recently actually been... I suppose acquainted with what it is like the scale of it yeah there's obviously there's trails that are much longer and, and much more technical but the, the, the pen on way is something special about it as well not just in distance but also the terrain because you, you have the, the beginning of it starts in the fells and goes across the the, the Pennine mountains and you know bleak it doesn't describe it you know sometimes it, it, it can just be non-stop cloud and bog and you know mud and sludge was it was it much like that when you hiked it back in the first time uh yeah well much more so yes we, we um uh the big big change that we encountered on the uh, pennine way the second time was the fact that uh, somebody somewhere took the decision to put flagstones along the worst of the bogged area and it was a brilliant decision uh it made such a difference to the walk uh because there were certainly bits that uh, we did the first time which uh, nobody would really want to go back and do again i don't think uh so uh, yeah duncan for example uh, when when i first suggested that we go back and visit visit uh, the pennine way again duncan was uh, very uh, reluctant, shall we say, because of that very thing, the, the remembrance he had of places like Black Hill, which uh, a more appropriately named place you can't think of, uh, which was just a, 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 a quagmire. It was just, you know, a couple of miles of black mud. And uh, he didn't want to go there. I don't know why. <laughs> I knew when, when Chris brought that up, going back to the Pennine Way, that he was talking about doing a full Pennine Way. And I, in my own heart, just thought, I'd, those first two days, they were terrible. I never really want to see them again. I, you know, when we left them for the, for the Pennine Way, the second, well, we, we did go up for a practice walk, and then we kind of did, them, did the first two days again. And I thought, I'm never going back to the Dark Peak. It is just disgusting. Um, and so when Chris brought it back up, I thought to myself, well, I could do a kind of greatest hits. I could do a, a bit of it, but I don't really want to do the first bit. But I knew that Chris, when he's brought this kind of thing up, he means the whole thing, not just <laughs> not just the bits that are nice. So I just thought, OK, let's go with it in the end. In the end, I, I gave up and said yes. <laughs> so I guess the drive to revisit it was this kind of anniversary of the original hike. But what was the original drive for doing the Pennine Way? The, the first time? Do you mean, you mean the first time? Um, yeah. Well, I think we, we were looking for, a, for something to do on our holidays, basically. <laughs> and uh, it seemed like it might be quite cheap. We, w we weren't uh, earning a lot at the time. And a bit of an adventure, and um, I, that's what I think. I would, don't know if Duncan recalls particular things that he can tell us. I don't think there's any specific event that drew us there. I, I mean, I think that we both had ended up at Bart's Hospital working there for for a short while together. Uh, we weren't actually working together, but in the same place, so we at least kind of were seeing each other more often, which was great because it was nice to kind of have a good friend nearby. Um, but the idea of doing the Pennon Way, we've no idea. We don't know exactly what kind of brought it about. When we did bring it up with our friends, a lot of them would turn around and look at us kind of slightly askance as if we were crazy. And I remember once being kind of sat around with a group and them saying, well, why do you want to do that? Why don't you go to Benidorm, where at least there's sun, sand and, you know, the rest of it? Uh, you know, why don't you want to do that? And I wasn't sure, but in the end, I 
I knew that I didn't want to go to Benidorm. I wanted to do something interesting. And I think Chris's complexion maybe might not have taken the the hot sun either. <laughs> you and me both. See, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, at school, um, I, I come from, you might be able to tell from my accent, I'm not actually from Essex. I, I, I come from the Midlands. And um, when I was at school, a typical day trip that they might take us out on if we were going to do you know, geography study or something would be to the Peak District. So I had, in fact, been to Edale, where the Pennine Way starts, uh, as, as a, I don't know, 14, 15-year-old or something like that. And and my par- if I went out for a day with, the, with my parents, we'd go to the Peak District. So I was reasonably familiar with it. And I think at the back of my mind, there was an idea that I wanted more of it, uh, and this might be a way to do it. Um, and uh, so I, th- I think also what we, we I hate to, uh, you know, I'm sort of reluctant to say this, but we, uh, we do remember watching the John Noakes film, uh, which has gone into legend, really, about how he walked the Pennine Way. And that might have also helped to... Um, Give us a little bit of give, give me a bit of an enthusiasm for the idea of uh, hitting those hills. Yeah, I think mm, John Noakes is before your time, Owen. I think. Oh. I know. I was just sm- uh, smiling, nodding, nodding politely. <laughs> Didn't know. I have to Google that now after this. Um, I yeah, sorry. Th- there is something about the uh, going back to what you were saying about like not going to Benidorm, not going, you know, on these sun holidays. There is something about one achievement. You know, people want to achieve something in, in the, the time they have. But also um there's just something special about walking from one part of a country to the other by foot. You know, and that it, you're not doing a loop, you're not going, you know, on a short day hike, you're actually literally going, right, I'm gonna see you in three weeks and I'm going up here and then I'm, I'm going to make my way back by public transport and you're, you're only using your feet to get there now, there's something special about doing that I think the um, point you were talking about with you know not doing the highlight store and literally going from one end to the other like you're you're a, uh, what's the word you, you're you, you, your truest I, I guess you know I don't know if that's an actual word but you want to see it from end to end and it's not complete unless you actually do it that way. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And the thing about the Penan Way is it's been set up uh, by somebody else and we kind of then follow it. And I think um, there's a lot to be said for doing a trail in that way. There's also a lot to be said for just picking up a map and saying, I want to go from here to here and how do I do it? Um, I'm both, both things are equally valid. Um, once a trail has been set, you feel as though you have to follow it. Um, and that was, it's a great thing. The Pennon Way is without doubt a great thing. You go from England to Scotland along the highest ground along the way. It's, it's great. You're right, though, yeah. Adam, about the, the idea of going somewhere. And, and certainly um, when we came to do it the second time, um, we'd we'd been walking quite a lot Duncan and I with with some friends we'd sort of got into the habit of uh, once a year certainly going off for a week or so to you know some great place in Spain or Slovakia we went to and and walk for a week and it was fantastic walking but it was always a day's walk you know we got we did a circle and got back to the same place and I think the Pennine Way, certainly the second time, said to me, this is a journey. We're actually going to go somewhere. Uh, and that really appealed to me. It, 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 it is, what you said there, uh, Duncan, is that someone has set this up. So it's almost in a way, you know, it's your package holiday. Right? To, to yeah. narrow it down as, as, as much as you can. That is your package holiday. It's there. It's built for you. You've got your meals planned, you've got your bed, you've got your transport, it's your feet. And that's that's your, your package holidays already kind of set for you. But it's also, it's a challenge that somebody set out for you. It's that this is going to be a good trail because it's recognized as a national trail. Um, and, you know, it's steeped in history as well because, you know, particularly around the, the Peak Districts, you know, it's the start of the, the, the mass trespass and, the, the, you know what led on to 
uh, public footpaths and everything like that as well. So it, it's it, it is certainly something um, special about it, definitely. So in between the the two, you had uh, you know, sorry, I've, I've forgotten how many years that was between the, the two hikes. Twenty years. Forty. Forty. Forty years. Yeah. So was that forty years full of hiking? <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Um, well, we had to. Well, we didn't have to, but we found women, got married, had children, like you do. Where'd you find them? Uh, well, it's a very good question. Well, they kind of found us sometimes, but that's a... On the trail. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does happen. It does happen to some people. Um, no, we, we got married. Um, we had families. We also, I think, uh, we both went freelance in one way or another. And so work and other things took over um, and for a while became the most important thing. And... You know, whereas we saw each other quite often, we never, we knew there was no point in turning around and saying, let's go off for walking for a week because there are so many other commitments and, and things in our lives. And being freelance, the phone will ring and next thing you know, you're busy. Um, and there's nothing you can do about that. And you don't want to, your family don't want you to kind of turn the work down. It's not, not a good thing when you're freelance. Somebody else will get it and then you'll never see it again. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and freelance doesn't necessarily mean you're free, you know, to, to, to kind of go and do what you want. I think freelance maybe these days is probably a little bit easier to do because you've got Wi-Fi, because you've got cell phones and you, you can travel the world and kind of work from wherever you want, in theory, obviously, in theory. Yeah, um, we were only talking about that earlier today. Like, why, why don't we just travel and you know work from wherever we want? It's, like, it's not the reality of the situation. These things are ridiculously expensive to do. So, so but in, in between, you you did kind of keep up some level of hiking, though. Well, it wasn't until um, a friend of ours um, who we'd been uh, in the house with actually he got married to. Um, very early on and he was having his 25th um wedding anniversary and uh he decided to have a party and a celebration of this and we went along to it and at that celebration it was suggested that maybe we should get together and have a have a walk and chris can tell the next bit i think really yeah well we we thought that would be a good idea because we we were now uh, our children were all grown up we had a bit of time, um, and uh, I was very fortunate in having a brother-in-law who owned a farmhouse in the Pyrenees in the most beautiful, idyllic valley that you could imagine. Um, and I said, well, maybe we could go and stay there. And, of course, the other, the other two said, well, uh, yes, uh, when, you know. So we were off to Spain, and that was the start of the tradition of the 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 weekly um sorry the yearly uh, walks that we've done out there um but it that's what kick started us again so we did start to walk again after that uh not all the time um until i i think in the 2017 finally i gave up working and all of a sudden the, you know time was almost limitless and so we were we then did start walking frequently and, and since then we've walked um, every week more or less. We, we have a tradition of our Thursday walk and we're out somewhere walking pretty well every week. Um, so it's, you know, we, we think it's great. It's, uh, we love those days and we go out whatever the weather. It's uh, walking around Essex and Suffolk, which we do, is a bit different to the Pennine Way. You, you, there's not much terrain that allows you to practice for walking the Pennine Way. Um, but it's beautiful. It, it, there are parts of it that are absolutely delightful and uh, and we get out there in, in all weathers and uh, it's great. It's really good. Yeah, I suppose yeah, it, it's similar to over here with, with Ireland, with the Irish weather. You can't wait for a good day to go out and hike. And thankfully, we've actually been really, really lucky with the weather uh, recently. And when I was over in the UK last week, uh, I was hiking parts of Peak District, the Lake District, and I, we were blessed with the weather. And, you know, I'm sure everybody 
that was there hiking with us with like it's not like this all the time yeah. <laughs> it's the same here if people go out for their first hike and it's a beautiful day it's like that's great but it's not going to be like that all the time um but uh so the, the the idea then to go back and do the hike again so was this a, was this something that was long planned or was it kind of like a last minute thing that you decided hey we, it's been 40 years since we did it the first yeah. time let's go and do it again I think I first suggested it to Duncan and probably, I don't know, must be getting on to 10 years or so ago, you know, and I I, I said it uh, and I meant it when I said it, it, it you know, it, I, it, I thought, yeah, that'd be fantastic to go and do that, you know, see those sites again and, and walk those paths again. But it, almost as soon as the words left my mouth, I thought, what am I talking about? I... I'm so busy work-wise, uh, uh, you know, I was running a company with 40 employees. I couldn't just sort of magic three weeks up from somewhere to go and, and do it. So it sort of disappeared. The idea disappeared again. I went to, back to the back of my mind um, until, as I was saying a moment ago, we got to the point where um, I was no longer working. And, uh, and I thought, well, OK, now's the time. And uh, I mean, we, you know, we're we're in our sixties now, so it, you know, you could say it's now or never sort of thing. You know, we 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 had to get it done if we were going to do it. Um, and uh, and so I brought it back up to the top of the agenda, and uh, fortunately, Duncan agreed. When Chris brought it up, it was actually in the 39th year and, you know, it was about February, March time. And then we went on holiday with the, the lads doing our week, our yearly holiday. We went to Andal Andalusia that year, we went to the Sierra Nevada, which is a fantastic place to go walking if you ever want to go. Um, I can well recommend going to just near Granada, a place called Monachil. It's got some amazing walks from the door, which is what we prefer, um, is to just kind of walk straight out of the wherever we are and get up into the mountains. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, while we were there, I was noticing, looking at the apps that we've got and everything these days, just how much walking we were doing each day, how much climbing we were doing, all that, all this information that you now have that you never had when, when we first started. Um, and as it happened, I don't know if you know that the, the big book about the Panam Way was Wainwright's companion, and he has a reader's log at the back, uh, which we had dutifully filled out as, um, uh, all those years ago, so we could see how long it was taking us to do bits of the Panam Way, and I could compare it with our walks that we've been doing recently, and I just said to Chris, this is well within our abilities. We we can actually kind of um we can actually try to take this on board. We just need a bit more practice. But at the same time, it also occurred to me that this was the 39th year, and it would be fantastic to do it on the 40th year. We've got we are both professional photographers um, of one form or another. We've got loads of photographs from the first time we did it. We have some half-baked anecdotes from the first time we did it that we could kind of cook up into something more interesting, especially if we now do it again. Um, and there could be a book in it. Why not? So that's that's what I presented to him. Um, and so I kind of presented a challenge back to Chris, really. <laughs> yes, Duncan, Duncan had spent a couple of years writing a book uh, and he'd enjoyed it enormously. And uh, it, the, the, the process of, of creating that, work and um i think he uh was looking for his next project and this was to be it and uh, but i was going to be writing it with him too so uh this is not something i'd uh, i'd i'd done so uh that was a challenge that was a challenge and i i was very doubtful that um i could do such a thing and when i got home and said to my wife oh duncan says yes to the pennine way and we're going to write a book about it and she said, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're all at it. So, so, uh, She'd be like, yeah, what are you that's... talking about? That's a bad idea. <laughs> no, that was, uh, yeah, so uh, we ended up with, uh, well, as you know, we we uh, writing the book about it as well. So it became a, a bigger thing than uh, I'd in initially imagined. There is also something else about 40 years. It's a very, I don't it's an odd thing, but on the calendar, um, if you look at 40 years apart, 
the, the dates and the days fall on the same day. Um, and if we'd have been very fortunate, we would have walked it at exactly the same day and exactly the same, you know, we would have done the date and the day exactly the same as we did the first time. Unfortunately, uh, Chris had other commitments, so we couldn't do that, but we did it as near as possible. That would have been a huge selling point as well. Well, I know, yes. I, I need to kind of have it out with Chris one of these days, really. We're not going to have the leave here soon as well, so it, 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 that would be a good one for the history books. Um, so what has changed about the Pennine Way in the 40 years, or has anything changed? I think that the main thing is, uh, although we've described the, the flagstones, what we've not described is what's happening around it. Um, they put the flagstones down away from the original path. Um, and that has meant that the original path has an opportunity to just um, renew itself. I mean, it's one of the things that's kind of, um, that does come out quite uh, obviously when you're walking along is that the Ordnance Survey maps are all trailing the old path and so if you actually want to follow the ordnance survey trail you're actually not in the, on the path at all not on the flagstones which are rather obvious kind of route but around it they've regenerated the moors um, and the black peat that was just a morass of stuff i mean basically there were um huge peat groffs that we were climbing over especially on bleak low that was disgusting it's just filled with heather, flowers. It's a beautiful place now. It's it's absolutely stunning. I mean, we were shocked just what changes there were on the first parts of the way. So the the trail itself seems to like have regenerated, or they're they're rewilding these areas. But in terms of like the the traffic on the, those trails, was was hiking these trails as popular back then as it is now? Well, interestingly enough we found that uh, the Pennine Way second time to be less popular. There were fewer people on it than there were the first time. Um, and certainly uh, fewer younger people. Uh, nearly all of the people who were walking at the same time as us, the second time round, um, were our kind of age, the 50s and 60s. Uh, whereas when we, when we walked it the first time, we did it with... You know the way these these uh, through hikes go, as they as they call them these days. They they you get the same gang of people moving at more or less the same speed all the way up, and we did that with the first time round with I, I don't know there was probably fifteen or twenty other people moving at roughly the same speed as us, and all more or less the same age as us in in their early twenties. Um, it, it was quite different this time. And uh, I'm not sure what the answer, what the reason for that is, to be honest. That's actually quite interesting and shocking, to be honest, because if, from my perspective, um, I would have seen a lot more like millennials and, and even some Gen Zs going out and hiking these trails because it's, it, the outdoors, particularly over the last two years, has become very popular and hiking has become the cool thing to do now. Yeah. Um, so I would have actually imagined that more people were doing the, the Pennine Way um, at, at a younger age. So well, I, you... yeah, I guess it was pre-COVID. Um, and maybe that, that has changed. Um, and we wouldn't really like to, I mean, we'd like to encourage more people to go out and walk without any doubt whatsoever. There's nothing, nothing better as, as far as we can see. If you're capable of it, why not go and have a, have a go? Because it's fantastic. Um, but it was very disappointing at the time. We, we were, we were waiting to see the young people, you know, because we were expecting to be kind of told off for being a bunch of, you know, a couple of ancient fogies kind of walking up, up the way. And we were looking forward to it in some respects. I mean, I remember when we were in our twenties, um, the first time actually we went up to the Peak District, um, we went into a pub afterwards So and Chris's a rucksack had fallen apart because he brought far too much stuff with him. And we were sat in the pub kind of just looking at each other and thinking, well, this is a lot harder than we, we expected. And this guy came over and he looked, he looked really gnarled and old to us. But in retrospect, he was probably just about 10 years older. <laughs> and, uh, and he just said to us, what are you doing? And we said, um, you know, are you, are you walking the Penang Way? He asked. And we said, 
Bicknell were practicing and he looked at our packs and looked at us and he said, how much do they weigh? We hadn't a clue, not a clue what our packs weighed. If you could put things in it, you can carry it. That was the theory. Um, and so when we got back home, we weighed them. Uh, they're all both over 45 pounds. <laughs> and uh, he had suggested that anything over 25 or you won't make it. Was, was his comment, and we tried very hard to do that in, you know, when we came back to it. But we didn't know how at the time. We had no idea how you're supposed to kind of have a, have a light pack. <laughs> of course, that's yeah. a, that is another change, is equipment. You know, I mean, the, the stuff that's available nowadays is remarkable compared to what we had then. Uh, the, the lightness. I mean, I, I had a tent that weighed 1.2 kilograms, I think it was. And, you know, it's... it's, it's like a bag of sugar, you know. I mean, it's amazing yeah. this, this, the, the, the weight, the, well, the lack of weight of so much of the equipment. The heaviest thing you carry now is your water. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. There's, um, yeah, the, the, this whole ultralight uh, wave is, is definitely taking over. And I'm, I'm even definitely into it myself. You know, I've, I, I don't know if you're familiar with a, a, a backpack company from um, Keswick called atom packs and they're, they, they're renowned for their lightweight packs and he's gotten very popular now he only started uh, doing it i think in the last like three years or so and he's making fantastic products uh, i went over to, to visit their site in keswick there two weeks ago and it's just it's amazing that the work that they do in such a small little space it's right in the middle of the lake district and they're making these amazing packs that weigh nothing like they uh, a pillowcase is about the same weight as these packs and they're durable and this show was not sponsored by Adam packs by the way but they, they are fantastic bags i have to say but no, people, okay. are, people are getting really really like nitty-gritty about it as well like they're they're taking out their toothbrush and they're just like chopping the, the bottom off at all and, <laughs> oh yes just enough toothpaste to last them for a day or for two days <laughs> They're called gram counters, aren't they? These people, yes. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We've we've spotted them. I, I think that um, it's all very well, but people become obsessed by, by the, the the half a gram of something they can they can save here and there. And well, you know, sooner yeah. or later, and then you yeah. put a, a bucket of water in with it as well. So there, yeah. there you go. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's you know, it's getting bad when uh, you go to buy a tent that pretty much is just cellophane. And it costs about six hundred pounds. <laughs> How durable is that going to keep me dry at night and warm? You know, I'm not <laughs> too sure about that. Um, but I, I, I it, it's, it's, it's a common thing, I suppose, for anyone getting into hiking for the first time, and I'm victim of that as well. I, you should see my first hiking bag. It's about this big, and it weighs twice me. And there's me trying to, to walk the Wicklow way in Ireland and not a hope I was going to finish the first day, let alone the whole thing. Um, and there's so many people that have the exact same story. I don't know if you've read um, Wild, uh, the, the story of, 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 I can't remember her name now, but she walked the PCT and her bag was pretty much the same weight as her and she tried to carry it along the PCT and she almost broke her legs because it was just too heavy. <laughs> yeah yep yeah well you see these people <laughs> Absolutely. They, they sort themselves out sooner or later <laughs> yeah uh it, it, exactly it, that's it you, you learn by by failing you know uh and you get the ground counters coming up into you and telling you no you shouldn't be doing that <laughs> so the um so if you were to summarize the book then uh uh, what is it? What what does it describe? And what do you, what is this? Was is there a lesson for people to learn, or is it more of a this is a diary, this is a journal of the journey that we took? You go, Duncan. Okay, I would say it's all of these things because we allowed it to be that way. Um, I think, and this is a hard thing to say, but in our work, I think both Chris and myself are perfectionists. Uh, we expect very high standards of the people we work with. We expect it to be good and we expect it to be very well made, whatever it is that we do. So when we started to work together here, we suddenly discovered that we had very high standards 
<laughs> we expected this to be really good. And it was quite hard to, to write this because sometimes it wasn't good and we spotted it and we knew it and, and we found it. For example, we were not sure about putting maps in or how to kind of cope with that. And in the end, we put the full QR code so you can kind of follow our routes that are on online. It was the easiest way to do it rather than doing a kind of just a, uh, you know, a um, pencil drawing or something. The book itself is a book about friendship at the end of the day. It's about our friendship. About It's about the fact that 40 years ago, we decided to do something. And 40 years later, we decided to do it again. And it's got all the things that happened in the middle as well. Well, not everything, obviously, because we can't. We're not going to tell all of our lives. We're going to talk about walking, um, and it's also about the fact that of how and why we support each other, and why it's great to walk together. Um, why companionship is a good thing. I mean, I, I'm not against sol, uh, um, solo walkers, but um, some walking together, there can be something else going on there, especially if we've got the right person to walk with. So that's what I. Um, my message from it but chris has a different one well i mean I, I i agree with everything duncan's just said it is all those things i i'd like to think that it would anybody reading it I'd, I'd like to see people my age read it and say yeah i can do this i'd like to get out there and do that and um i they can you know they can they can certainly do it so that's what i'd hope would come from it They'll, they'll read it and say, those two guys had a really good time, even though the weather was awful. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going to do it too. Great. It sounds like there's just so much in there for people to, to relate to. And that's, that's really, I suppose, what you're trying to do is just to show people themselves in the story, I guess. And that, yeah, as you said, Chris, like, you can do this too. Anybody can do this. It is walking. It's walking at the end of the day, walking for a long time, but it is walking, you know. And if you can, you can at the end of the day. Um, I picked up something you said there, Duncan, as well about about walking with people. Um, and it is it it it, it, it solo walking. I I solo walk all, all the time. I, I love doing it. It's it's a great kind of form of meditation and, and kind of like thinking things through but i don't think i've actually made more progress with my own thoughts than i have when i've had someone else there and the right person so paul uh, a good friend of mine and the, the founder of, of hiker he uh, we we kind of evolved hiker to be what it is from hiking like we 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 found it because we loved hiking and paul was an avid hiker himself a long distance hiker and he built an app to to, to help him with those trails but then the evolution of it happened because we continued to walk and go on these great hiking adventures and hiking the Wicklow Way, hiking over in the UK and, and all over the world. And, and then we brought in the rest of the team and we're all walking together and we're, we're having these meetings. And, you know, we're going out on the, onto the hills and the mountains and not just about work, but like trying to solve problems and trying to figure things out and, you know, life problems, you know, relationships relationships with each other as well like if we're, we're if we're you know lock our heads about something we'll go out for a walk and we'll figure it out uh, because you've when you're behind a screen and you're on, or you're on your phone or, or anything like that you can hide behind your words you can hide behind your uh behind the screen but when you're out there you've nowhere really to hide and like i guess i hope that doesn't sound too daunting but you know what i mean like you you, you can you can really solve these things because out in nature and you have it's that i suppose uh safe place if you will no you're right uh, i mean Dun duncan and i um we we've got to the point where we know each other so well um that when something happens on a walk we i think we both know what the other one's reaction is going to be to it and so we'll deal with it almost often without even speaking we just sort of you know, oh, here's an obstacle, no problem, we passed it, and nobody's spoken, you know. So it's it's, uh, it's an, a, quite a remarkable relationship that's developed over, over many years without us really a aiming to do it. It's just, it's just happened. 
I also agree with you about the meditative calm of walking. And as Chris has just said, you can actually have it uh, in, with the companionship. The the thing that, that we found is that um, there's a certain security in, in walking with, with more than one person. Um, you can feel not reckless, but braver um, and kind of take on things that you might Otherwise, I don't know, as a solo walk, you might look at it and think, well, I've got to really be careful over this bit and maybe look around to see if there's anybody nearby that and check your mobile signals working before you do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think walking together is a great thing. And if you can find it, please do it. Absolutely. And you've gone on to do more trails since I think you only recently did the West Island Way. We've just come back from it, um, and I think we were fortunate to have the same window of weather that you had. Brilliant. Because we had an hour and a half of rain along <laughs> the whole time. We were up there for eight days. In Scotland. That's In Scotland. And uh, to cap it all, on the last day, um, we had an extra day left. We went up to the top of Ben Nevis, and we had a view, <laughs> which is pretty Absolutely. well unheard of, I think. Um, it was astonishing. Yeah. It was like being on the roof of Scotland. You could see for 60, 70 miles in every direction. And there were just mountains as far as you can see. And you can see why it's so difficult to drive through Scotland. Because it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, well, it's so um, incredibly crenulated. It just kind of goes on in every direction. Um, and... Did you, what with the uh, midges? Did you, you weren't attacked by midges at all? Uh, no. no, we brought the interloper along for that. Um, we were okay. Uh, our friend um, is is more is more tasty to midges for some reason, <laughs> and uh, he didn't get much, but he did get a few bites. Really? Well, Gen generally speaking, though, it, season. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ian. No, go on, Chris. I was going to. I was just going to say about midges. Um, Really, we didn't encounter any the, uh, apart from one evening when we went out. Uh, you know, the nearest uh, place to eat was a a walk away, and it was a bit uh, a bit darker. Uh, there was a bit of water, and we and we had um, you know um, nets to go over our heads, so we were able to protect ourselves that way. But otherwise, we, um, we didn't really encounter many at all. Um, as far as the weather goes, I, I was told by someone who knows the area that um, if, to have a week without rain would be miraculous, and that's exactly what we had. Miracle. Amazing, fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, that sounds like an absolute dream hike. Um, it's, it's, uh, Scotland is, is one place that I haven't visited myself in terms of hiking. I've been to Scotland many times, but I haven't hiked there. And the West Island Way is definitely on the list. So. Uh, September is probably the best time to go, uh, and I'll try and try and tap Well, you set the bar anyway. <laughs> I, I would say we were so lucky. We were so lucky, um, and you know we just came to the conclusion that we probably shouldn't do that again because next time we'll we'll just there'll just be buckets of water thrown over us. I should imagine as we got there. <laughs> Spice more than anything else. Yeah, probably, and you can't blame them. Frankly, you know, we were expecting a bit of a deluge, and we didn't get it. We we're very lucky from that point of view. And, and was there a snow at the top of Ben Nevis, or was this completely melted? There was a little bit somewhere. Okay. I didn't see it, but somebody else told me it was there. Wow. <laughs> it's very cold. I'll tell you that. You it's very some. cold. Yeah, yeah. In terms, in terms of the people walking. Um, the West Highland Way. It was different to the Pennine Way um, because there were actually many more people. There were youngsters walking it. Um, and actually, we were unusual in our age um, on that one, um, which was interesting that it should differ so much. Um, but it was very, I mean, at, at times it was, a, it was a motorway, you know, we were trudging along behind people wanting to move a bit slower than us and couldn't get by you know it was uh, yeah it was very busy at, at certain points 
Yeah, I think with the West Island Way as well, because it is proper right to roam, uh, people can camp and it's probably a little bit more popular for, for that reason. Um, and the West Island Way has grown immensely in popularity over the last two years. Like we even see it ourselves with people using the West Island Way trail on the app. They're using it way more than any other uh, trail in the UK at the moment. Really? Coast, coast to coast trails coming, coming in soon, close behind it. Um, we might not have known it that. <laughs> Say that again? We, if we'd known it was so, you know, the popularity had soared, we might not have gone. So uh, I'm <laughs> glad we didn't know that. Um, so in terms of other trails, have you, have you anything else on your on your list? Any, any other trails coming up? We're off to Slovenia next year for our week with the lads. Um, so the boys will be, will be getting together to go up a mountain or two there. Um, we are thinking about what we might do next and maybe we'll just kind of keep it under our hat at the moment. <laughs> yeah. keep, the, keep the suspense for the next book. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Definitely we would like to do something about the West Highland Way. So we're, work, we're going to start working on that. But it would be a much slimmer volume uh, than this one. Uh, well, apart from anything else, it's only seven or eight days walking. So it's not a kind of, um, it can't be a big thing. But we did get some astonishing pictures, so hopefully we'll be able to kind of put them in. Hmm. Um, another hike that is definitely on the list for myself in Scotland is the Cape Wrath Trail. Oh, uh, certainly, yeah. So that's going further into the uh, into the nonsense mountainous region. Does it goes on forever and ever? Uh, so it it seems just seems to be absolutely magical. It's it's like West Side Away on steroids because yes. it's more wild the further you go up and it's it's all bockies and uh wild land that you get to stay on you kind of finish up over at the john, john O'Groats trail as well over the, the, the how do you cope with the food on that owen um good question we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's nothing to forage as far as i know no scotland <laughs> yeah true true uh I, I as far as i'm aware like you would be going a couple of days without reaching a town but for the most part, still you're not too far from villages that will have some sort of resupply. So, okay, uh, I don't think it's too bad. When Which, you, yeah, like sorry, you you had um, the guy on your one of your podcasts, the walking Englishman fellow. He he'd done that. I was surprised how long it took to get from Cape Roth to Fort William, and it, it, mm. was, it was nearly three weeks, wasn't it, or something that he took. Yeah, night. well, you're, you're you're talking about some pretty intense elevation gain and loss uh, over the, over the, and the terrain as well is just so technical. Yeah. Uh, where there's not a lot of trail, like you wouldn't have a, a specific path that you're following a lot of the time. You are self-navigating a lot of the a lot of it. I think now it's a little bit more established, but still, there's a lot of uh, areas where there is no trail, and you do have to self-navigate there was another chap we had on the show that was doing a circumnavigation of the entire uk uh of of, of britain the island and he was uh going through parts of cape wrath um and there was no trailer there was literally just walking across fields or going up the side of a mountain and just finding a route up the side of this mountain so it can be quite technical in areas mm. and I, I suspect it's also wading through rivers and all that kind of stuff as well because there's no bridges or anything on that bit exactly yeah there's a lot of water yeah. crossings like that yeah when um, i was yeah when i was 18 i did a little little trip around scotland with a on a yha adventure holiday and I remember we had to wade across a few rivers on that, which wasn't fun. <laughs> Didn't like it. <laughs> that's, that's cold water, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want it anywhere near your nethers, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family podcast. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, guys, it's uh, coming up to, to 50 minutes on the show. We'll probably uh, cut it off there. We know we could probably talk for hours about hiking trails and, and walking. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Before we go, can you let us know where we can pick up the book and when it's out? Okay, it's you can find it on Amazon. It's called 40 Years, 16 Days, and it's by Duncan Say and Chris Priest. And also you can follow us on Instagram on hashtag or whatever it 
is at well, gents walking that's all one word gents right. walking we are gents and we walk um, you definitely are absolutely <laughs> um i'll definitely put so i'll put all that stuff into the show notes so if anybody wants to pick up a copy of the book follow you guys on instagram you can find all that stuff in the, the show notes attached to this um guys it's been an absolute pleasure having you on uh, it's been great, forward, I mean, thank you. I look forward to reading the book as well and actually getting to really know the story. I, I, I got the little piece that you sent, the, 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 uh, the previews of it, and it does look like it's going to be a really good read, so I look forward to picking up a little copy. Thanks, Aaron, that would be great. All right, guys, thanks so much. Have a great day. It was an absolute pleasure having Duncan and Chris on the show, and I have to say thanks again to both men for taking time out of the day and coming onto the show and having a really good conversation can't wait to catch up with them again in the near future uh, if you're interested in telling your story and coming onto the hiker podcast uh, let me know your story send it to podcast at hiker.co or owen and it's owen not Eowyn, not ian not yoan owen e-o-i-n at hiker.co let me know your story and yeah we'd love to to have you on the podcast that's it for this week we'll be back next week as promised with another podcast i can't wait for it until then happy trails